it's just amazing. We're in this series called Wonder. And we're just we're rekindling and reconnecting to that wonder that maybe at one point in time we, we saw God or we had that wonder in our hearts. And I equate it to what Scripture calls us. He tells us to return to our first love. And the moment where, where you gave your heart to God, that moment you had, that, that, that moment where God just kind of lifted all these things off of you, you just walked, you just felt lighter, you felt redeemed and restored. God just did that moment for you. It's that, that moment of wonder. That's what God is doing. God is responding to, these, to this community. And it's, been, it's just been amazing. This one guy, as he was writing about it, he was like, well, I kind of grew up in, in the 70s. And so I, I was a part of the Jesus Christ movement, the Jesus movement that was happening. And he said, he, he, he quit. he's like, there was a bunch of yelling and screaming and there was guys tight roping the back pew of the church <laughs> all that and so he, when he went he was like I'm not sure what, what I'm going to expect but he said as, as he as he walked in um, as he walked in he, he it, there was this moment where it almost like he, he came back to consciousness he realized he had been there for about 10 minutes which is, which is wild and as, as, he, as he sat there he, the, the words that came to mind of his description of of what he was feeling in the situation was just peace. There's just a peace that came over him, just this assurance that, that welled up within him. And he said, I, I planned on being there for, you know, I was going to go there for 10, 15, whatever, just a few minutes. And he said, after, after an hour and a half, I realized that I was sitting in a place where I just didn't want to leave. I, I, just, I just didn't want to leave the, the, the sweetness and the beauty, the presence of God. And, I, and, I, and, I, and that's, what we're, that's what we've been talking about. And that's what, that's what we pursue. We pursue his presence because it's in his presence that he changes us and he shapes us and he fills us. And so it's a beautiful thing. And so I'm, I'm excited and I'm encouraging you, encouraging myself that God wants to be a part of our lives every day. And we, you kind of heard a little bit on, the, on the, the 40 days of consecration prayer that are coming up. So we're asking to take some time, take, take time in the morning to give God a moment and let him fill you. Just sit there and just slow down. Let, let his presence fill you. Let his, let his love fill you. And then, and then, and then at, at, at a lunchtime or somewhere around lunchtime, just take, a, take another moment. And at the end of the day, take those three moments and just um, get into what God is calling you. Get connected with him. Hear from him. Amen? Amen. You, guys, you guys want to get into some scripture this morning? I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited for it. Let's jump, let's jump into it. The Bible says, uh, 1 John 3.16, you can open your Bibles, you can turn them on, or you can check out the screen right behind me. Let's, let's read what, what Scripture has to say. So the Bible says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. 
Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Come on, everybody. Lord, we come before you. We come before you and we just, we lay our hearts bare before you. We lay our lives bare before you that you would speak into us, God. We put our thoughts and our feelings and the the things that, that we can derive, Lord, we push those aside and we say, speak, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, even now, Lord, you speak. Let it not be me in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says... Amen. I mean, hey, a few things that I kind of want to just establish here, just with this passage of Scripture, give you a little bit of a, a culture, some cultural context of what's happening in this Scripture. And it's, it's been debated on who actually wrote 1 John. Um, we, know, we, we see in Scripture that 2 John and 3 John are written by the elder. And the, and the structure is just about the same. And so there, there, there is just a, 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 an understanding that, okay, well, it looks like this, because it's the same, the same person that wrote 2 and 3 wrote the first one. I, I won't begin to make an argument on who did it, but I'm just going <laughs> to agree with what they're saying. And what's clear, though, is that John was, was talking to somebody that he knew. He was talking to the body of believers that, that he had relationship with. It, it, it's evident by the way he wrote his letter. Now, he used terms of endearment like dear children or, or dear friends. There, there, was, there was this symbiotic relationship between the two. They knew him and he knew them. What is also evident as you read through the books is that there, there was a threat of false teaching. And in fact, some of the body of Christ, some of the members of that community had fallen to believe. They had fallen under the the belief of that false teaching about who Christ was, about his identity, about his his divinity. And so so there was was a body of Christ that had kind of separated. There was a division that happened there. And and it it, it was the the people that had actually separated that were kind of persecuting then the, the body of Christ that was still the believing body. There was, there was strife there. They, they, they were, they were kind of calling them out and pushing, putting pressure on them. And what, what was happening was the body of Christ was kind of reacting to that. <laughs> Maybe not in, in the best way. And so, and so John was writing them and saying, hey, 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 we got to remember who we are. Right? Don't, 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 let, don't let sin kind of creep up in your heart. It's, it's interesting enough that in, at the beginning of the passage, he, he references Cain. And, and, and we know that in Scripture, the Bible tells Cain that, that sin is crouching at your door. And, and so, and so th- there's, this, there's, this, there's this tension between the body of Christ and, and the people that have kind of excommunicated, that, that, that they left. And so I, as, as I was reading it, I, I started to think about the tensions that we face even now. As Christians, as believers, at, at, at our workplace, and at, with, with friends, and with, even with family. The, the tensions that, that because of who we believe and what we believe. And we've been, we've been talking about redeeming the, the, this the idea. We, we started way back when we said, well, we're going to redeem what Sunday is. Right now, now, then we said, we're going to redeem what it is to be called a Christian. And I think that's what we're, that's what we're continuously doing. We want to redeem the wonder that is being a believer in Christ and who Christ is in us. And so, and so as we, we see this, 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 this merge of, of kind of what we're facing and, and what, what the, the church here was facing at the time. And so now that We've laid a little bit of that groundwork. Let's just, let's take a deep breath. Take a, take a deep breath, right? 
Some of you may have started feeling a little bit of tension when I read verse 17. They're talking about material possession and people in need. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's natural. It's okay. Some of you that know me are like, oh, great. Now, Ross sends the, the happy guy to talk about offering and, and giving, giving people what I have. <laughs> I promise that's not it. But listen, if you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit, I just want to <laughs> take this moment. <laughs> the offering buckets are out there. Both sides. <laughs> no, this is that, that that is a tension we we all we all fight. We all we're wrestling with. We're Americans. It's what happens. It's who we are. But God has mercy on us, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to give those things away. Amen. All right. But let's, so let's just surrender all together. Come on, let's just surrender to the Word of God and let Jesus speak to our hearts. As we, as we walk through this passage, you know, the, the reality is, the reality is there, there were believers that had fallen away. And it made me, it made me think about the people that I've known in my life as, as we've, Christine and I have journeyed through, through a life of Christ and that, that kind of have fallen off. You, you may have known of some, you may be thinking of them now. I had a, a friend of mine text me this week. And he was like, man, David, i really going through this, going through this. How you kind of gave me the whole list and said, I really need you to pray for me. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'll pray for you. Prayers are free. They don't cost me anything. I, I can do that. I said, but, but, but the reality of it is, and I'm texting my buddy back. I was like, Jesus wants a relationship with you. Like, like Jesus, Jesus wants you to surrender your heart to him. Something I've, I've said often, Jesus, Jesus loves you, right? But Jesus, Jesus doesn't want to just be your fire extinguisher. He, he, he doesn't want to just be something that hangs on the wall, and then when you need him, you go grab him and use him. Come on now. Oh, so, and, and so I, I'm texting back. This is my buddy, so I'm, I'm just being straight up. Like, if you want to text me and ask me for prayer, I'm going to tell you first and foremost, I'm going to pray for you because I love you and I believe God can move in your heart. But also, I'm going to tell you what, that God, is, God wants to have a moment in your heart. He wants to own your life. He wants to walk with you. He wants, to, he wants to be a part of everything we're doing. And now, and, and, and as, as, as those things were kind of happening, I was kind of going through my week, I thought of, of some others. And, 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 I, and quite honestly, like, I started thinking, man, maybe, Lord, maybe I should have done this, or maybe I, maybe I should have. And sometimes those ideas and those thoughts, they, they creep into our heart when we, we think about our walk with Christ. I just wanted, I just wanted to, to tell you and give you some hope. Listen, we don't stand under condemnation. Don't let, don't let the enemy condemn you. Because the Bible gives us life. In fact, the Bible says in John 3.16 that this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what he did. He loves us this much. Again, we're recapturing what it is to be in awe, to have a wonder about Christ. Right? And we recognize that over time, we can lose that wonder. Life beats us up. Life is hard. It ain't easy. Somebody say amen. It's tough, and, 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 it, and it wears us down. But what we have to remember is how amazing he is, and that's the reality, how complete his work is. The, the Bible tells us that he is faithful to complete what he began in us, how expansive his mercy and grace are, and how deep his unconditional, inescapable love is for each and every one of us. We have, to, we have to discipline ourselves to habits that sustain this reality in our lives. I was, I was, I was watching this one guy. I'm, I'm going to admit a little bit. I was watching this one guy on TikTok, okay? Uh, 
it's my kids' fault. They got me into it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. And, and, he, and he, I love what he said. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty straight up. It's like, hey, our, our response as Christians to people that are confused, people that are, that are dealing with things is, hey, listen, man, I'm, 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 I'm an addict. It's okay. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with, with temptations of, of all kinds, temptations with same sex, and I'm, I'm struggling with temptations of pornography, all these things. Hey, it's okay. Jesus loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Hey, man, I'm, 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 a, hey man, I, I'm a murderer. It's okay. Jesus loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Hey, hey I'm, I'm this or that or the other. Hey, it's okay. Jesus loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. But that's not where it ends. That is just the beginning. Right? Because he said it this way. He says, and then I have a little bit of bad news for you. <laughs> he said, because from that moment on, when you give your life to God, to Christ, he asks you to die to yourself every day. <laughs> he asks you to die to the, to the feelings that you feel welling up in you. He asks you to die to, to, to your thought process and your way of thinking. Because if we truly believe that he is for us and that his ways are higher than our ways, then we have to crucify all those things at the cross with him because we believe that he has a better life for us, somebody. Right? So I, I love that. And so we have to discipline our lives and our habits to sustain this reality in our lives that he is who he says he is and we are who we say we are because of him we have to have these rhythms of of prayer these rhythms of devotion these rhythms of reading the scriptures and having discussions about it being in a group where we can have conversations where we can we can tell each other and help each other and correct each other we have to, uh, the, 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 the reality is, is, is the, the word of God, the Bible says, is, is the sword of the spirit. <laughs> Some of you have been, been getting beat up because you ain't got no word in you. You got to have the word in you so that you can fight back. And we have to believe scripture when it says things in like Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, where it says that it is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed. Because his tender compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning, great and beyond measure is your faithfulness, oh God. Come on, I'm telling you, you wake up in the morning, you speak that scripture over your life, it changes who you are. It changes the way you see life. It changes the word of God. It changes us, it sharpens us, it molds us. It reminds us of God's greatness and goodness. It reminds us that he is greater, that he is more. And there is nothing that I'm gonna face today that he's not capable of helping me overcome it. it. Creates in us an attitude of gratitude and it just, it, just, it just does something in us that is far beyond what we are capable of doing for ourselves. Yeah, you, you may be able to do it for a moment, but you cannot sustain it. I can't sustain it. And I'm happy all the time. So <laughs> with that understanding, right, with, with understanding that, then we read scriptures like we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Amen. It starts from a place of wonder. It starts from a place of gratitude. It starts from a, from a place of reverent worship. Yes, Lord, I'll give it up for you because you've given up everything for me. We read if you, if you, have, and you, if you have and you see your brothers and sisters in need, but, but you don't, 
How can the love of Jesus be in you? It resonates differently in us because our posture is that of his beloved. Our posture of that is is of his crown, of what he died for. Our perspective is on eternity, not on earthly things. And we have to pause here a bit because, because we begin to weigh, we begin to weigh our lives. We begin to weigh our possessions uh, in, in, in contrary to this scripture. We, we weigh them to him like, well, you know, Lord, I really don't have. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have it. But you have something. And we, we as, as sometimes as, as American Christians, we, we reduce that to, to a dollar amount. You know, we talk about legacy pretty much just every year around the end of the year and we're fresh out of 2022 but the reality is legacy isn't just at the end of the year legacy is now leaving a legacy is what we do right now leaving a legacy is what we do today like we can't confine legacy to a dollar amount legacy is greater than that it's how we live our lives daily it's us crucifying ourselves. That's hard for me when I'm on 35. Whoo, Jesus. Jesus. Listen, I love people. You could be a knucklehead and I'm going to love you. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to be like, hey, brother, hey, God loves you. Just stop doing it, okay? Like, you you can't. (laughs) Let God help you. But something happens to me, brothers and sisters, when I get in the car. I don't know what it is. I'm praying. You want to pray for something for me? Pray for me. I need all of you to help me pray for that. (laughs) Legacy is what we do today. Legacy is what we do right now. 1 John 3, 18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest. Who needs rest? This is how you set your heart at rest in his presence. We're all capable of something. Mother Teresa, she said it this way, not all of us can do great things, but we all can do small things with great love. We're 10 days, 10 days from 40 days of prayer and consecration. My question is, what will God ask of you as as we embark on this journey as a church, as the body of Christ? What will he ask of you? Well, I, I have to question is, how will you ever know if you never talk with him? How, how will you ever know if you just don't sit and let him respond? Amen. I had to learn this. I'm, 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 I'm preaching a little to myself here, too. I'm remembering some, some times in my life where I, I was just, Lord, I need this, 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 this. Okay, appreciate you. All right, I'm, I'm going to be looking for it. Let me know when you got it. <laughs> Lord's like, man, I, I really would love a moment to respond. And it's beautiful when he does. It's beautiful when we give him a chance to do that. And just, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm, I'm, I'm a coach at heart, so I'm just trying to convict you. I'm just trying to tell you, man, there's more. <laughs> there's so much more. No matter where you're at, there's always more. God is never ending. His, his resources have no end. They, they will never be depleted. 1 John 3.20, it says this. He says, if our hearts condemn us, 
We know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. There's a change in our will. When there's a change in our will, when we surrender our will to God, then we begin to lift our eyes. I said it here a little while ago. Our eyes lift from the earthly things into the heavenly things, and we live for the kingdom of God. Verse 23 says this, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commands refrain, remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And he now lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. I want to recognize this, this passage here, it, it, has, it has a lot of pastoral care in it. John's foremost concern is to remind the believers, right, that conflict that they're having, the split that was going on and the pressure that they're feeling and, and that, 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 that retaliation that's rising up in them. Well, I can't let them do that to me. No, no, no. John is reminding them that God is greater than all of these. Right? And because God is greater, when, when self-incriminating doubt or, or that, that attitude starts to rise up in us and it starts to attack the gates of our hearts and our minds, we need to understand that he is sovereign. We need to remember that he is strong enough, his strength, and we abide in that. And scripture instructs us and instructs us to enjoy a confident and vibrant spiritual relationship with God. Despite the struggles that we, can, that we have, we can have that confident relationship despite the struggles and the things that we're facing, despite the fragmented and broken world that we, that we live in. We can have this. Verse 22, 23 tells us this, right? He's, it says, this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. He gives us, the, the scripture gives us these little handholds, gives us this little, this little trail that, that, that we can stand on, these little nuggets that we can, that we can consume and, and, that, and that build us, right? He's, this is, the scripture is telling us, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our why. He's my why. He's the reason I do it because of what he's done in me. My trust and belief and faith is in him. It's not in the church. Because the reality is, if, if, if the church was perfect, then there wouldn't be people here now or people watching that, that are dealing with church hurt. That are, that, are, that are dealing with some real abuse that has happened in the church. So we have to understand that our faith isn't in that. We can't let that filter Filter who Christ is and what, what he wants to do in our hearts. And this is where we find healing. This is where we find hope together in him at the foot of the cross. And it's not in each other. Our faith is not in each other. As much as I, I love my wife and, and she loves me, we're going to fail each other. We're, we're, we're not, not going to measure up. Listen, I guarantee you, if we had a foot washing ceremony, we wouldn't have enough soap and towels in here to wash everybody's feet. I'm not going to go there. And our, our, the, the devil will use all of yesterday's junk, the wounds, the unforgiveness, the offenses to keep you stagnant, to keep you dead, 
to keep you bound. That's what he wants to do. And offenses, they, the, some offenses that you, some of us are carrying ain't even our offenses. I'm just offended because you offended. <laughs> I appreciate that, but I'm okay. I'm good. We're the body of Christ. And what this does is it hinders what God wants to do in your life. It hinders, it bottlenecks the abundance that God has for you. The blessings of all kinds and the produce of the fruit of the Spirit in your heart and in your life. We can't let the enemy lie to us and tell us that this is who we are and this is who that will never change and and so and so and this and that and that and the other. That's, That's enough. Our faith isn't in pastors. Come on. I mean, I'm human. I'm flawed. Just ask Christina. She'll tell you. Contrary to what you, some of you may think I am not Jesus Jr. I look good like him, but you know, I'm not him. Sorry to bust your bubble on that. Our faith is anchored in nothing else but Jesus Christ. That's it. Listen, the words of Jesus in Scripture should be the most audible thing to us. It should be the loudest voice in our hearts and our minds. These words, these words are, give, bring life, and they're contrary to sometimes the voices even in our heads that tell us that we're this and that and that and the other, that remind us of all the things that we were and all the things that we've done. Shut those voices down and let the Word of God and the voice of, of heaven speak life into you. And believe it. Believe it. Stand on it because it is the truth. Verse 23 says this. Not only, not only tell us who to have faith in, but to love one another as he commanded us. Jesus is my win. This is how we convince the world of the reality of Christ. It was the, the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, and it's actually our namesake here at One Chapel. The Bible says in 1720, I am praying not only for these disciples, this is Jesus praying, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and that's me. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, May they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So that the world will believe that you sent me. It's our unity. It's the unity that we have in Christ. That's how we begin to redeem the lost and the broken. That's how we begin to heal the hurts that people have endured and been caused by a body of believers. That's how we begin to bring people back to the foot of the cross and point to him and say, hey, I I know there's people like me that have screwed up, but this person that died on the cross, this God loves you and can heal you. He can restore your heart and your life. Another, Another quote from Mother Teresa, she said, God doesn't require us to succeed. He only requires us to try. God, all God needs is the yes. He is the strength. He is the wisdom. He is the knowledge. The Holy Spirit is the power by which we do those things. But all we have, we can hold all, the, all that at bay by not saying yes. God asks for unity and obedience. 
He is the life giver. He is the one. 1 John 2, 4 and 6 says this, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they are those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. A few verses down in, in verse 9, it says this: if anyone claims, I'm living in the light, but hates his fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in light and does not cause others to stumble. Sometimes that's easier said than done. But that's why we need Christ. That's why we need him. These acts that we do for one another, they're not for God. They're from God. It's the light that the dark world needs. It's the way we, we redeem this, this idea of Christianity. You point back to the cross. It's our true act of worship that restores perpetuates this wonder. Verse 24 says this. So we'll close with this here. Instructs us to be filled with the Spirit of God. Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. The Spirit is my how. It's how. It is the only way that I can do what Jesus is calling me to do by yielding to the Spirit of God in me. Our walk isn't just doctrinal orthodoxy or ethical purity. It's also mystical and spiritual. It's who he is. Would you stand up to your feet today? I pray that the Holy Spirit has brought something up in your heart and in your life. I pray that the Holy Spirit is stirring something and we have a choice to make in this moment. We can hold that and we say, I, I, I got it. I can deal with it. You can very well do that. Or in a, in a moment, I want to give you a couple options as we begin to worship. We're going to have this, this, this center portion of, our, of the altar. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to have it open. If you want to come and just spend a moment, just you with God, that's fine. You come do that right here. If you want to have a conversation with somebody and ask somebody to pray with you, the prayer, the prayer team is going to be off to the side. They're going to be there ready and willing to pray with you and agree with you. You guys can go ahead and come on up as we begin to worship. Just leave me a space here in the middle for those that want to come. So we have a choice. And I just want to pray over you as we worship. I want to encourage you to come. Listen, I'm up here preaching. And God is still working on my life. <laughs> None of us on this stage are perfect. Ain't nobody in this room that is. So don't let the enemy convince you that you should be. Every head, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we come before you. We love you. And we surrender to your word. We surrender to your truth. We surrender to what you want to do, God. And in this moment, God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of fear and doubt, of timidity, of resistance right now in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit 
as it moves in this place, God, we choose, we say yes, let it have your way. In the name of Jesus, I pray.